Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Hey, once again, let me welcome you to Faith Christian. Glad that we get to spend this time together. We do exist here at Faith Christian for one reason, and that is to help people find and follow Jesus. If there's some way we can help you take your next step as a follower of Jesus, someone who's, who's asking questions, has wonders who Jesus is, what Scripture means, what the Bible's all about, why do you go to church every Sunday? We would love to have those conversations with you. You can reach out to us through our website, fccnp.org. Fill out that connection card on the front page of the website, and and let us know how we can help you take your next step as a follower of Jesus. As we help you and all of Tuscarawas County help people find and follow Jesus. That's what we do. And that's why we are here. Uh, if you've got a Bible with you this morning, I invite you to meet me in Luke chapter 14. As we are kind of ramping up the end of our summer, we have been the last several weeks in a series of lessons that Brian uh, has, has brought us into so far, where we're looking at some of the parables of Jesus, and we're um, matching these uh, teachings of these parables with the teachings of our kids down in our junior church, our kids programming, uh, throughout the month of August, which goes all the way back to our vacation Bible school. This is kind of our theme for the end of the summer, both downstairs with our kids' ministry stuff, and upstairs we're studying the same thing so as parents and grandparents if you brought your kids today uh, that you could talk with them about the same thing you learned about won't that be fun so i hope that you'll take advantage of that we're looking at these stories that jesus told these parables we call them stories with a meaning and they're stories that jesus told to teach us some sort of truth about god what god is like who god is what the kingdom of god is like what following god what being one of god's people what following jesus what it really looks like and how can you do that jesus used stories he was a master communicator used stories to teach us these truths about himself and about the father and the parable that we're going to read today in luke chapter 14 jesus is sitting around a table he is sharing a meal with some people who well at least they thought they thought that they were really, really important. And Jesus tells them a story during this meal, tells these important thinking people a story about a meal to help them understand who God really is and how God really operates. Jesus uses a story to kind of cut at them a little bit. I've long been fascinated by the meals of Jesus and how every time in one of the Gospels, especially here in the book of Luke, in Luke's Gospel, every time we read about Jesus eating, something very significant happens around a meal. So let me ask you, what's your favorite meal? What's your favorite meal? I suspect as you begin to think about that question, your favorite meal, I bet that your favorite meal has as much to do with who was sitting around the table as it did with what was sitting on the table. My youngest daughter, Caroline, she's nine, she spent the last eight days or so in Illinois at my in-law's house. She got spoiled by grandma and grandpa for a week. She had a great time. But yesterday, she got to come home. And so for her to come home, my in-laws live in Illinois. They drove halfway, we drove halfway. We met in Richmond, Indiana, there's not much in Richmond, but it's where we met, and we picked up our daughter. But in, in doing so, we also, well, let's go over here to Culver's and grab a bag of hamburgers and take them to a park. 
And so yesterday afternoon, we sat around a picnic table in the Glen Miller Park in Richmond, Indiana, eating hamburgers and onion rings from Culver's. Food was okay, but that meal was fantastic. Why? Because who's sitting around the table? My family, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. We sat around the table for hours, long after the food had been eaten, being together. I suspect that your favorite meal has as much to do with who is around the table than what, as what is on the table. So let me go ahead and give you my big thought. As we walk into today's parable, let me give you the big thought, the sermon in a sentence, if you will. Everyone is invited to God's table. I think that's what Jesus wants to teach us in this parable. I think that's, I know that's what I want to teach you today in our time together. Everyone is invited to God's table. Would you say that out loud with me? Make sure you, you if you miss nothing, if you, if you hear nothing else today, at least you take this home with you. Would you just read this out loud with me, would you? Everyone is invited to God's table. So let me set the stage, Luke 14. One day, one Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. These Pharisees, these are the religious leaders of the day, the church people of the day. Jesus is in a hostile environment. They are, you see the, the, the line that was, was on that verse 1 there. People were watching him closely. That's important. He, they're trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to, to figure out a way to discredit Jesus. They're trying to figure out a way to cancel Jesus, if I can use those words. So they bring in a sick man who Jesus heals. And then there's this big argument in the first few verses of Luke 14 about at this meal that they're at, this home of the Pharisee, there's this big argument about who gets to sit where around the table. I don't have time to go too deeply into this today. Just know that this is a thing of self-importance. This is a thing of ego. This is a thing of, of culture, uh, a cultural thing of pride, uh, of, 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 of status, of stature, of who's the most important, depending on the most important seats. That's what they were arguing about. So as Jesus kind of notices these religious leaders arguing about which one of them is the most important, all these church people having this big, hangry fight over who gets to sit where, Jesus tells a story. Here's the story, Luke 14, beginning of verse 12. Then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, <clears throat> Don't invite your friends, your brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then, at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Jesus is saying, when you throw a banquet, the tendency is always to, you know, I've got to pay back or I've got to pay it forward. I've got to invite the people who invited me to their party. I've got to, to, you know, if they help me, I've got to help them. I've got to pay it forward. I want to invite people to my party that I want them to invite me to their party. So that's who I'm going to invite to the banquet. And Jesus goes, no, hold on a minute. When you throw a party, don't just look at it from the perspective of what can I gain from this? How important can I be? How can I benefit from this? Jesus says, start thinking about how someone else might benefit, not you, somebody else. And against that backdrop, against that setting, here's the story. Hearing this, verse 15, hearing this, this. What's the this? Well, the this is, the, the, this guy, this, this Pharisee, this religious leader, had just heard Jesus say, the resurrection of the righteous Hearing this, the resurrection rises, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be 
to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. All these Pharisees in the room, all these teachers, all these religious leaders, all these important, self-important people sitting around this table, Jesus mentions the resurrection of the righteous, and this one guy picks up his wine glass and is like, cheers to us, to the resurrection of the righteous, to us, here, here, to us, the resurrection of the righteous. You need to understand, to this guy, this guy thinks that Jesus is talking about him. He thinks that Jesus is talking about all these religious people, all these religious leaders sitting around these te- this, this table, all these Pharisees, and that Jesus is about to say something good about him to us, like I am, to us, to the mindset of the first century person. Actually, we can go trace this back farther, even into the Old Testament. But heaven, the concept of heaven, was thought of like a banquet a feast, a meal around a table. Heaven was a feast. When they thought about what it would be like to be in heaven, it would be like being invited to a feast, to a banquet, to the banquet where God is throwing the party and all the prominent people, all the important people, all the religious people, they would get invited. To us! Here, here, to us. Watch what happens, verse 16. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guest, come, the banquet is ready. Now, you've got to understand a little bit of cultural context. Here's how this worked in this ancient culture. When you were going to throw a party, when you were going to throw a banquet, what you would do is you would invite your guest in advance of the banquet. You would do the same thing if you're throwing a party. You would text your friends, say, hey, come over on Saturday night. Here's what we're going to do. Here's when we're going to do it. You did the same thing in the ancient culture. You would tell them what day the banquet was going to be. They didn't have Apple Watches. They didn't know what time it was. Time was a little bit of a different concept in this day. So they would tell you the day, but not what time. And so when the folks would get the invitation to the party, they would do their RSVP. They would respond, yes, I'm coming to the banquet. No, I can't come to the banquet. Yes, I will be there. I know what day. It's happening two weeks from Saturday, but I don't know what time. So just block out the whole day. That's the idea. And then when the banquet was ready, when the host said, okay, everything's ready, the wine's poured, the decorations are hung, the pig is roasted, we're ready to go. When we're ready for the banquet, then you send your servant back out to all the people who had sent in their RSVP and say, it's time, come on, let's eat, let's go, come on. It's like mama ringing the dinner dinner bell or, or your dad whistling for you to come in from playing down the street. It's time to eat, now we're coming. So you go out and tell them, now it's time for the banquet. Dinner is ready, only to the invited guests. Only to the people who had sent back in their RSVP. Only to the people who had agreed to come to the banquet. To understand this parable from Jesus in Luke 14, the host sends out the invitations. Everyone responds, yes, I'll be there. I can't wait. I will be at your party. Now, don't forget, Jesus is telling this story to religious people religious leaders, church people, people who are wired in with God, the people who think they've got God all figured out, the people who think I've got God in my back pocket. I am in with God, verse 18. But they, all the people who were invited to the banquet, but they all began making excuses. One said, I I, I just bought a field and I got to go inspect it. Please excuse me from the party. Another said, I just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, 
I now have a wife, so I can't come to the life of me. I don't know what to do with that verse. I, I've tried for years. To figure, I, can't, I don't know what to do with that verse. Now remember, all these people who were now making excuses, they had all responded originally, yes, yes, I will be at the banquet. I will come to your banquet. They had all agreed to come, but when the time actually came to do what they were committed to do, they don't have time. They offer up excuses. Now notice, none of these excuses are legitimate. There's nothing here that would have been unexpected. There's nothing here that you couldn't have waited until tomorrow to deal with. Now again, Jesus is talking to the religious people, the religious leaders, and they are offering up excuses for why they can't be at the banquet that has been prepared for them that they agreed to be a part of, they agreed to come to. Have you ever thought much about excuses? Those reasons that we offer up to, to get out of something we don't want to do, to alleviate our responsibility to something, to, to, to get out of some piece of work, to some commitment that we've made, we offer up these excuses. Instead of making it right, instead of doing what I said I would do, what I've committed myself to do, what I'm responsible for doing, I create an excuse for why I can't do it, or why I won't do it, or frankly, why I just don't want to do it. I think we're all master excuse makers. When we don't want to do something, the mind is quick to come up with some reason why we, some excuse for why I can't or why I won't. Maybe, I don't want to step on your toes too much, but maybe the most common place that we offer up these kind of excuses is when we see those blue lights in our rearview mirror. And we pull over. Yes, sir, officer, is there a problem? Do you know why I stopped you? Oh, you know, right? You know why you got pulled over. You know exactly why you got pulled over. License and registration, insurance, please. Yes, sir, but, but I was, and you see there was this, and, and, and I'm, we offer up excuses for why we don't want to take responsibility for our actions. I heard about this one guy, maybe you've heard about him. He got pulled over by state troopers late in the day into the state trooper shift. The guy was obviously speeding. He knew it. The cop knew it. He, he, he knew he was busted. He knew he was going to get a ticket. They go through the whole spiel. Do you know why I stopped you? Let me see your license stuff. Yes, sir, I was speeding. I know why you stopped me. I, I did it. I, I know. The officer says, listen, it's late in the day. It's the end of my shift. Honestly, I don't want to do all the paperwork to, to, to write you the ticket. So if you can just give me one good excuse that I've never heard before. Give me one good excuse for why you were speeding. I'll let you go with just a warning. And the guy in the car said, oh, oh, I don't have to give you an excuse. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Two weeks ago, my wife ran off with a highway patrol officer. I saw your lights flash, and I thought maybe you were bringing her back. A horrible joke. I know, horrible joke. Have you ever thought about how many dumb excuses God has to listen to? How many of the same things over and over again that God has to hear? Oh, God, here's why I didn't do that. Oh, God, here's why I did do that. Oh, my God, it, it wasn't my fault. God, here's why I failed. God, do you see what they did? They made me do it. God, here's why I couldn't keep that commitment, that promise. The tragedy that Jesus is trying to warn the religious people here in Luke, 15, Luke 14, he's trying to warn them, hey, religious people, hey, church people, pay attention. You're going to miss the banquet. You are going to miss 
the banquet that's been prepared for you. You don't understand the price that you are going to pay for this negligence, for these excuses. Jesus is saying to these folks around the table, you, you hear here types, you're going to miss it because all you can offer up are these lame excuses for why you didn't and why you can't. And I wonder if Jesus isn't saying the same thing to us religious people. Pay attention here. You're going to miss the banquet that has been prepared for you because all you offer up are excuses. Back to the story. Verse 21. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Now culturally again, for a rich person to do this, this would have been scandalous. You don't do this. This is unprecedented. You don't just invite anybody in. You only invite people of your same social status together around your table but that's exactly what this master is doing others are invited in because the ones who originally had agreed to come offered the excuses they didn't have the time they didn't have the interest to come to the banquet i think this is the point that the church often misses that the banquet is for you but you're too busy the invitation was for you. You accepted the invitation, but you're too busy to show up for the banquet. And I think here's what Jesus is trying to get across. God has gone to great lengths to prepare something for us. But often we're just too wrapped up. We're too busy. We're too full of excuses. We're too distracted to even realize what God has prepared for us. And who does the master in the story send them out to get? Go get the outcast. Go get the broken. Go get the homeless. Go get the undesirables. Isn't it fascinating that the people, that the church, especially in our country, that the church tends to drive away or the people who, who tend to stay away from the church because they've been to church before are the very people that Jesus says, go get them. That's who we need to go get. And the very people that ran to Jesus are very often the ones that run away from the church because of how we treat them. Don't miss that. It is a shocking reality of Jesus' life. Jesus was scandalous in who he hung out with. We pr probably don't pay enough attention to this, of who Jesus spent his time with. Time and time again, as you read the biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in your New Testament, we see that Jesus spends his time with, Jesus eats with, Jesus goes to parties with the tax collectors that everybody else hated, the sinners that no one would be seen with in good company, the prostitutes, the undesirables, the people with diseases who were unclean physically and spiritually unclean, the people with handicaps. That's who Jesus was spending his time with. Oh, he received all kinds of criticism for it, but that's where he spent his time. And time and time again, the religious people 
The Pharisees of the day, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they were muttering about who Jesus was spending his time with. They were grumbling about who Jesus was hanging out with. And Jesus was saying, listen, I'd rather be with them. I'd rather hang out with them. I can stomach them far more than I can stomach you. What Jesus is saying, these broken folks are valuable. Verse 22. After the servant had done this, he's gone to the streets, the alleys, he's invited the outcast, the broken, the handicapped. After the servant had done this, he reported to the master, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come. Read this last line and the one in yellow. Read this out loud with me. So that the house will be full. Please understand that it is the passion of God that everyone is invited and comes to the banquet. Everyone is invited to God's table. God's passion is that everyone gets invited, that no one is left out. So then the passion for the church has to be to make sure that no one misses their invitation to this banquet, that no one misses their invitation to the table. The point is, that the last thing that God wants is for people to miss out and the first thing that the church needs to be preoccupied with is making sure that they don't. Do you know, do you know what matters to God? Do you know why Jesus came? A couple of chapters later, Luke 19, I think this is the most important thing that Luke writes. Jesus, he, he quotes Jesus. Jesus says this about himself, that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came. That's why God put on skin and showed up in that manger in Bethlehem. That's why love took Jesus to a cross. That's why the tomb is empty to seek and to save the lost. Jesus, well, what's your point? Why'd you come? What was your mission? Your friends that don't know me, Jesus says. Your friends that don't know me, the people you love that don't love me yet, I came for them. Those guys that run away from the church because of the way the church treats those type of guys, I came for them. Those undesirables, I came for them. In the very next chapter, Luke 15, Jesus is gonna tell three consecutive stories. We'll talk about a couple of these in, in a couple of weeks in this series. Three consecutive stories about things that got lost. In the first story, he tells about a man who had a hundred sheep, and one of the sheep runs away, and the shepherd is going to go after the one sheep. The shepherd's heart is for the one. Can you imagine the conversation among the 99 other sheep safe in the pen? Uh, hello, Mr. Shepherd, excuse me. We're here. Are you leaving us for that one? We're, we're here. That sheep deserves to die. It was its own fault. Uh, he deserves to get eaten by a wolf. We're just going to sit here and pout until you come back, Mr. Shepherd. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. The shepherd's heart was for the one that was missing, that wasn't there. Then Jesus tells a story about a woman, a woman who had 10 coins, and one of them fell off the table, and she gets down on her hands and knees. She turns the house upside down. The nine other, the, the nine other coins, she's got 10. One's missing. The nine other coins, hello, 
hey lady we're here we're safe what about us we haven't gone anywhere we're the good ones not the bad ones the lady lights a lamp probably burns more oil than than the coin that she lost was worth but it's worth it because the one matters and then jesus tells a third story about a father who had two sons and one of them was lost we'll talk about that story in a couple weeks do you see what jesus is doing 99 one 10 one two one he's trying to communicate you're safe they're not you're safe they're not listen to me church there are people all around us people that you know that don't yet know that they are invited to god's table remember those words of jesus The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. This is the passion of God. This is the mission of God. This is the reason that Jesus came. And if we, the church, the living, breathing, the hands, the feet of Jesus Christ in this world, in this community, on this day, then his mission, his purpose, must be ours as well everyone is invited to God's table so that means that the messiness of life needs to be welcomed into the church that means that you have to be willing to say whoever come this is the place for you there is room for you around the table of Jesus everyone is invited everyone is welcome to god's table that means that you have to be willing to welcome people into your life and into your world because the last thing god wants is for people to miss his banquet and the first thing he wants for the church is to make sure that we do our part to make sure that they don't miss it everyone is invited to God's table. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this invitation to your table. And thank you for this responsibility to continue to send and to share this invitation with the world around us. Thank you for the opportunity to take up the mission of Jesus to seek and to save those who are lost to welcome into your table, into your banquet those who don't even know that they're invited. Those who don't even know that they want to be invited. Thank you for this mission, for this goal, this purpose for our lives, for our families, and for this church. God, find us faithfully and diligently and tirelessly helping people find and follow Jesus because they are invited to this table. God, now as we turn to our time of communion, we come around our, uh, your table in, in this place, in this church service. We come to the body and the blood, the bread and the cup. And Father, we realize as we partake of these emblems of this supper tonight, 
as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, God, we realize we don't deserve to be at that table. We don't deserve the invitation to come around your table to share in your body and blood. But yet, Father, we see you inviting us to your table, to your body, and to your blood. So, Father, we take these emblems today as a reminder that we don't deserve the invitation, but we accept that invitation and as a challenge and a charge to extend that invitation to the world around us. We pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen.